Hi, this is Danielle Prada, the host of Sip in Soma, a podcast where I chat with inspirational people from South Orange and Maplewood, New Jersey, who are connecting, collaborating, and contributing to our communities. Check out the podcast on the web at sipinsoma.com, on Instagram, and on Facebook. I look forward to chatting with you soon. I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, EveryoneLovesPiano.com, and our composer, Russell Olash, who composed our theme music. Check out EveryoneLovesPiano.com for all of your piano needs and fashion items like jewelry and t-shirts to proclaim your love of piano to the world. Hi everyone, this is Danielle Parada, your host of Sip and Soma. I'm so excited for you to join me for my third episode got a very special guest that I'm going to be talking about in a moment, but I wanted to tell you that I am dropping a little bit later than usual because I was at the most amazing event this past weekend. You might have heard of it, Maple Woodstock, and I just want to thank and make a big shout out to Jim Robertson and the whole entire crew that organizes Maple Woodstock. Because of them, I got a backstage pass and I was able to in I was able to interview a bunch of bands and I'm going to be dropping those interviews in the next couple of weeks and making sure that I shout them out and let you know about their upcoming events and their upcoming play dates. So I'm really excited for that. I also have a very special interview co-host that I met for the first time in Maplewood Stock. Kubi from Map So Juice joins me on a couple of those interviews. So I'm really excited to get those out to you. Today's episode focuses on unseen challenges. You know, you look at the water, you look at the ocean, and you're like, wow, it's so beautiful. And then you get a little closer, and you put your head under the water, and you dive down a little bit, and there are some, there are some things underneath the water that are beautiful, but sometimes there are some challenges that are being experienced by um, the ocean. And I just wanted to use that metaphor to basically talk about hunger. Um, you know, we see people, see them on Facebook, we see them on Instagram, we see them in person, and there's a lot we don't know about each other. A lot of us are facing unseen challenges, and one of them is hunger. Um, and I talked to Robin Peacock from Mend, New Jersey. It's a nonprofit organization that supports 17 interfaith food pantries in Essex County. And I was very surprised to learn some of the wonderful ways um, and very happy to learn about some of the wonderful ways that Robin and all of the people at Men New Jersey are really trying to increase people's awareness and attention toward hunger. She explained how donations to food pantries have changed, how they outfitted a school bus called the Green Bean, and how they're involving schools and educating students about hunger. Lastly, she told me all about how I and you can volunteer. It's a lot easier than you think. From using Sign Up Genius to popping by a Stuff the Bean event, you can get out there and you can make sure that you're helping to alleviate hunger in our communities. Please check out my interview with Robin and then check our show notes because there's tons of links there where you can get involved. Thanks and I hope you enjoyed the show. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited today. Brand new interview. I'm talking to Robin Peacock today. She is the executive director of MEND, 
And I would love to say that I do really great research and I know all about my guests before they come on, but I know Robin in a real personal way, but I don't know that much about men, so I'm going to have her introduce herself and tell us about men. Thank you. Um, so the first thing everyone says is men, men, you're helping men. And I say, no, we're helping everyone. MEND actually stands for Meeting Essential Needs with Dignity. And the organization is a nonprofit that's been around for almost 40 years. And it's really a network of 17 food pantries in Essex County. So our role is really to support those pantries and help them basically do more with their limited resources that they have. So, and I could just keep talking. Yes, <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, I'm going to stop you right there because uh, the thing that blew me away yeah. is that you said it's been around for 40 years and that seems just kind of crazy to me because I feel like I only heard about it last year when you said you were becoming the executive director and I was like, wait, of what? Of what is that what organization? Is and so tell us a little bit about how, now I see you all over the place, so how are you coming to life in this very um, public way? So that was a deliberate decision. Um, we, you know, we've existed for a long time, but our role up until the last few years has been very behind the scenes. We basically um, worked with Catholic Charities to some extent. We had an employee of theirs who was the MEND coordinator and she really helped kind of move food that came through Catholic Charities, but she was really 20% devoted to MEND. And so we have seen over the years that the need has really grown and grown for the pantries. The numbers of people coming have, you know, grown. The, the types of food we're focusing on, um, we've deliberately started focusing on more like fresh and healthy food through yeah. the pantries. So we knew that we needed to, oh, sorry. Um, do more outreach and get more visible really quickly. Um, and so we started writing some grant requests a couple years ago, and that helped put us a little bit more on the radar. And then a couple of years ago, we also got a school bus donated to us, yes. which, which sounds kind of random, but we had been speaking to people about transportation and how it's a real challenge for our pantries. Um, you know, the, the pantry managers do a ton with the limited sort of time they have, and they're all volunteers, Yeah, you know, and and so most of their time is really spent on the day-to-day, -day, like food purchasing, food distribution, you know, helping clients, getting to know their clients. What they're not able to do is really get sort of beyond their immediate communities to maybe the food bank, or now we're working with some farms, or sort of just beyond their hyper-local area yeah. with cars, volunteers, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, so we were talking to people about that as a general challenge. And this fella came along and said, Hey, I have a school bus. Would you want, would you want a school bus? And because we're a nonprofit, we like to say yes, you know, we say, <laughs> yes, we'll take it. We'll figure it out, you know? Um, and over the last two years, it has really evolved into a new program called the green bean. Yes. So I was just talking to Robin right before we went on the air and I said, you know, the air. Yeah, <laughs> the pod. The pod. Um, I said, you know, I feel like your social media is blowing up, and who's doing all of that? And, and she said, me. And I, I said that was one of the the most exciting things for me because that's how I could tell she was really into it and really passionate about it. Yeah. But I see the bean everywhere. The bean all over Instagram. And it Facebook. has its own Instagram account. Yes, yes it does. Um, that was new for me. 
you know, I'm not of the Instagram generation, so I had to learn it. And I have a couple interns now who help me. Um, yes. But, you know, so the bus is called the Green Bean, and you have to see it to really get it. But it's painted bright green, and it's adorned with, like, decals of fruits and vegetables all over it. With the idea being that we want to emphasize more healthy foods and access to fresh food for everybody. Um, and so we are building the program now, but we spent the last year really converting the bus um, getting funding for it. Work, we worked with the Junior League of the Oranges and Short Hills to give us some volunteer power. Wow. They kind of did the sourcing of the shelving. So the inside is all outfitted with shelving and bins and coolers. And then the outside is this bright, colorful, you know, display. And we're now really looking for places that want to host it for, we call it Stuff the Bean. Yeah, yes. so what do you yeah. do to Stuff the Bean, and where can we find the bean? Oh, it's it's going to be all over. Um, <laughs> so really, we're trying to find partners that want to host it first. Um, we actually are bringing it to Stop and Shop in South Orange this Friday, which Yay. is super exciting. Or, well, I don't know when this will air, but Friday the 13th. Um, and we are giving little grocery lists to people to shop for us and fill the bean. And the idea is, you know, we meet monthly with our food pantry managers. And so we have really specific details about the types of food they want. And we survey them, right? So last month we asked them and everyone, not surprisingly, wants fresh produce. The challenge they face is they don't have space to store it or refrigeration. Right. So we'll use the green bean to do stuff the bean events for the non-perishable stuff they want. There's a lot of demand for low sugar cereal, shelf stable milk, peanut butter, um, those are kind of the biggies, tuna a little bit, things that are expensive for them to buy and that they don't always get donated through food drives. Typically they'll get like soups or veggies or fruits, sorry. Um, (laughs) And so we're trying to use the green bean at events to kind of fill in the other non-perishable at community events and then we're going to go buy the fresh produce and then basically, basically then bring the green bean with all of those things filled with it to a pantry to do a distribution. That's so exciting. Yes. So, and we actually have our first distribution coming event, uh, distribution event coming up on the 17th. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. So the pantries are excited and, you know, it's all a little whirlwind. Like we're definitely trying to get out there more on social media. We have, um, we actually have the Makos are swimming for us as their swim-thon. You know, we're going to benefit from that from a fundraising perspective. So we're definitely like, Finding support in South Orange and Maplewood, which is great. That's great. Yeah. So um, I guess, guys, I'm going to be putting up, like, a whole thing about this. <laughs> before we go to be a live podcast where I'll let you all know about how you can stuff the bean. You can stuff the bean. We're actually building a schedule now. So um, we'll probably put it up on our Instagram feed once it's all ready. But sure. we definitely – we're in – I mean, I will say we're in a pilot phase. We're trying to test it out. Um, we actually brought it to Tuscan Elementary in June. Oh. And it was really well received. The kids all got to get on the bus and take a tour. We um, asked for four specific items, and the kids all brought that. So so it was really nice. So we'd love to roll it out to the schools because we think it would be a great way for kids to kind of engage, you know. And and we talk about hunger in the area, but we do it in a way that's age-appropriate. And the kids get really excited because, you know, they want to ask questions about the bus and how did we get it to look like that. So it's a nice... It's a nice opportunity for volunteer engagement. Great. You know, so it's it's exciting. So let's talk a little bit about hunger in our area. I mean, what could you tell me about South Orange and Maplewood and, and what's happening here? And then, you know, we can talk a little bit later about how people can help in other ways, you know, help mend in other ways. Yeah, so we have um, 
you know, I don't know how familiar people are, but we have two manned pantries in Maplewood and South Orange. One is at St. Joe's Church in Maplewood, and one is Our Lady of Sorrows in South Orange. And they operate, um, South Orange actually operates every Saturday. So it's a pretty busy pantry. Um, it's open every Saturday from 9 to 11.30, I believe. So there's opportunity for volunteers. There's actually a sign-up genius I can send to you, but um, for people that want to show up and do a quick, you know, kind of help out um, volunteer gig. And then St. Joe's is open the third Saturday of every month. So, you know, it's not just specific to this area, but certainly true here too. The numbers are growing. The numbers of people coming to the pantries, unfortunately, <laughs> are still growing. Um, we're seeing a lot of kids. I mean, we don't... They don't actually bring their kids to the pantry, right. but we track the numbers of people in the household. Yeah. So we can tell, you know, how many kids under 18 are being served. And we used to hover around a third of the numbers we served, and now it's climbing up to almost 40%. So that's oh. one trend that we're seeing, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, we also serve a lot of working poor. So because of the high cost of living in this area, it's a lot of people that actually that are working but they just don't have enough to cover everything. Right. Um, and so food is usually what kind of drops off. They'll pay the rent, you know, in the winter, pay the heating bill, um, the car and the phone, you know, because they want to be able to communicate with their work and of all of that and daycare. And then food is usually last on the list. Wow. And so, you know, that's, that's where we can help. Um, you know, the pantries are small, so they can't stock tons and tons of stuff, but they operate regularly enough that, to the extent people want to donate food, they can accept it and, and distribute it. It's a new model in terms of food pantries. I mean, I know that when I taught at Tuscan or even when I was a kid, it was just bring your food. And you mentioned that people would just say, oh, let me clean out my pantry. What do I have in there that I can donate? And so now you talked about grocery lists, giving people an idea. So that seems like when you stuff the bean, you actually give people your highest need items. Yeah. And where can people find the food guidelines that you mentioned? So that... it's on our website, um, www.mendnj.org. Um, it's under, I think I have to look now, I should know it by heart, but it's like host a food drive and then there's a link to like the guidelines. Okay, great. Um, and we also have a list of our most needed items on there as well. And then, yeah, so when we bring the green bean out, for example, we're using it this Friday at the grocery store. We're going to give a list out of the specific items that this one pantry requested because we're going to the pantry the following week. That's so cool. Yeah, so it's really, I mean, people are going to go to Sob and Shop and they're going to shop for peanut butter, tuna, diapers, and wipes. That's so It's very great. specific, yes, <laughs> because we know that the pantry manager has said, these are the items that I'm really not getting. These are the things that my clients would really like. And it's also nice because... You know, each pantry has their own base of clients with different cultural backgrounds and different right. food preferences, or maybe they might know a client that has a certain allergy. So we can really be very specific and say, okay, this pantry has told us they want, even down to the type of produce. So when we go to purchase produce for them, we know that one pantry really wants spinach. Their clients love spinach, and they never can buy it. So we will buy spinach and put it in our coolers on the green bean and bring it to them. That's great. Yeah. So. Um, talking about hosting, so the supermarkets are the ones that host you. How does that partnership start? How does it happen? And, and what does that entail? So it's a work in progress. Um, we're, <laughs> we're kind of small still, but we're growing. Um, so we've been doing some real specific outreach to, I mean, we started with a grocery store because it's kind of a natural fit. 
and Stop and Shop has said, yeah, you can come whenever you want. Oh, um, which that's is great. great. So Stop and Shop of South Orange. Of South Orange, yeah. Shout out to Stop yep. and Shop of South Orange. <laughs> Shop there. Um, so we're, you know, we're starting with a sort of a test and learn model with them. But we actually had a volunteer go today and give them bins to start collecting ahead of the event date. Um, and they actually put signs on their shelves and it says like this is a needed item for mend so people can just grab it and they know they can put it in the bin for us or it'll stay up through the collection itself and then they're going to put containers at the front of the store stocked with the items that we're requesting so and then of course we need volunteer power so we have um for this slot we have a a baseball team from milburn that's coming to run it for the first shift and then we just put out a sign up genius with slots for like the afternoon shift so we definitely are going to need volunteers from the community as we grow more of these events. And then we're doing, um, I, I said we did the one at Tuscan. I think we'll do them at schools as well. I think schools and grocery stores are probably going to be where we get the biggest yield of items because peop- it's an engaged group. You know, at the school, the kids love it. The physical yeah. act of like bringing something onto the bus is really cool for them. And the parents in this community are super supportive, which is great. And then the grocery stores, you have. You know, it's easy to just hand the list as people go yeah. in, and they want, you know, they, who wants to say no to a baseball team? Yeah! Uh, collecting, <laughs> you know, needed groceries for a pantry. So it is a little more tailored and deliberate, I think. That's you know, great. it's not like people wanted to donate their junk in the past, but no. I think it wasn't really as front of mind. Like, right. everyone should have access to good things, right? right? And that's the message we're trying to spread. Um, the other thing, which is kind of exciting, but still we're working out the details, is we've been invited to go pick produce at some farms a little further west in New Jersey, but we might have some volunteer opportunities for people to come on like a mend picking day and go to the farm and bring their families and basically harvest some food and bring it right to a pantry. So I met the pantry managers today and I just said, who would be able to take some boxes if we could deliver it, you know, on a weekday afternoon and how many boxes would you want? So we're working out the details now, but that'll be another volunteer opportunity where we could get people to come help us. So Robin, I just love, I feel like everything you're talking about just seems so fresh and new in terms of um, the way people donate, um, in terms of getting really specific, which I think is really amazing. But also the fact that volunteerism, I think in the past, has this old idea that you volunteer weekly. You volunteer at the same time every week. And I love that you're pointing out, for those of you who haven't caught this nuance, that it's a sign of genius. So you can go for a day and you can go for a couple of hours and it's whatever you can do for that time versus having to make a commitment, which I think in our busy lives can be a very challenging thing to do as much as we want to commit to helping people. Yeah, and I think that's just the life now is it's different now. The volunteer model is different. Everyone's got about a hundred different things they're doing and probably volunteering for lots of organizations. So we're trying to make it a nice quick hit. And we actually don't have a regular schedule yet with the bus anyway. So just by its nature, we have kind of random, you know, summer weeknights, summer weekends. There's, you know, there might be a daytime activity with kids. There might be something in the evening for just, you know, adults, depending on if we're at a pantry. So, so there's, there's lots, and we're, we're building it. We're definitely, even though we've been around for a long time, I would say we're very grassroots right now. Yeah. We're really trying to get, you know, the word out and 
tell people what we're doing and ask for help. I am not beyond <laughs> asking for a team of people to come help me get this done. I am, you That's know, great. it's just me and I was a tax lawyer in a past life. So this is a whole new world for me as well. So this is such a great segue that you say yeah. that, Robin, because I was just about to say. <laughs> that was not planned. Like how you and I were talking a little bit earlier and I was like, wait for the podcast. Wait until we start recording. Um, but how our lives have sort of shifted and changed but that now we are where we are, and we could have kind of predicted it if we, of course, the past had 2020 vision, right? Yeah. So what did you do in the past, and how did it kind of bring you to today? Yeah, it's it sounds so unrelated, but it's really not. I mean, I was a tax lawyer for 15 years. I worked for the IRS. You know, I went after people that owed money, and then I worked for Deloitte, and I tried to save big corporations some money, and I got to a point where I just didn't love doing that. <laughs> And I had young kids, and so I took a break, and I started volunteering. Um, and like any type A, you know, probably over-volunteered in a bunch <laughs> of places. And someone reached out to me through a, a volunteer organization I'm involved with and said, you know, I know this organization, MEND, is looking for a grant writer. Would you be interested in doing that? And I thought the things I really loved about being a lawyer were the research and the writing and the relationship yeah. building, right? And so I took on the grant writing role supposed to be a six-month gig. That was two and a half years ago. <laughs> um, and when the woman who was running then decided to leave at the end of last year, they asked me to take over as the executive director. So wow. it's definitely a new area, but not completely different. You know, the skill set is still a similar skill set. Yeah. Maybe I could use a little more logistics management in my life <laughs> than I've ever done in the past. Um, but what actually one of our interns is getting her MBA in supply chain management, so that helps. That's um, right. Because it is a lot of moving parts to the food pantry world. But the, you know, sort of researching opportunities and persuading people to either donate their time or their funds is not that much different than when I used to write things to persuade a judge to side for me in a case. So it sounds odd, but it's no, really not that different. No, I just want to say for all of the younger people out there listening and all the people our age listen, everybody who's listening, I think that what I love that I'm hearing you say is just something that I found as a woman I've struggled with. I have talked to other women who struggled with this like, oh, I'm doing something that I didn't expect to be doing, yeah. but I'll figure it out, you know, or figuring out how your skills People always just asking me, how do you become a producer from being a teacher? So there's so much, you know, overlay. There's so much overlap that I can't even tell you, you yeah. know? And yeah. I think to hear you say how you went from being a tax lawyer to the executive director, there's so much overlap that you've learned. And whatever you don't know, an intern. You just figure it out. <laughs> yes, you figure it out. We'll be there um, or you'll figure it out. And, and I, yeah, and I think it's interesting too. Like, I have days where I'm like, I have no idea. And then I have days where I'm like, yes, I'm killing it. You know, so I think <laughs> there's that you have to be a little forgiving, you know, in this environment. But, um, and it's, and I think the other thing, just as being a woman, I think we don't realize how strong our networks are sometimes because I do feel like, even though it's, I'm the paid employee of the organization. I have definitely leaned on the people I know and talked about men probably incessantly. They might be getting tired of me. <laughs> but I have found that, you know, our networks are bigger than we think. You know, it's not traditional networking and maybe what you I used to think and sort of like have right. to go to happy hour or take clients out to dinner. But we do have a community. And I think by just putting things out there and saying, hey, can you help me do this? I'm also different in my 40s than I, in my 20s. I might have tried to do it all myself and not told We're anyone. We're high fiving yes. right now. You know that high five. Yes. 
So I'm not afraid to put things out there and say, hey, I need help with this. I need to figure out this. Who who do I know that can help me? Right. And I have I shouldn't have been surprised, but I it's nice to know that there is a community of people that are willing to right. help. Do you have um, a group that you hang out with? I have somebody, I, I keep forming these things called ABC groups, um, which I kind of dubbed from somebody explaining, oh, it'd be great for you to get together and brainstorm with your friends or cheerlead each other or be accountable. I'm like, oh, ABC. Yeah. I think as a teacher, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> accountability, brainstorming and, you know, cheerleading each other, you know? Yeah. So I feel like I keep forming even little coffees, just going out with people where we could do those things. Do you have a general group that you do that with, or do you just find yourself meeting with people and having those kinds of experiences? Um, I haven't done anything sort of formally. Um, I have found when I meet with someone through a contact or network person that always we know the same people, <laughs> you know, so I think organically it's probably going to go that way. Yeah. Um, you know, Junior League is sort of my wheelhouse because I'm a member and a volunteer there, and so they've been a super supportive organization, and it's a group of women, you know, yeah. volunteers, so it's right up the alley of men. Um, and then I have joined um, Fierce Females, which yes. Lori Zlotnick is doing here, and so I asked Lori once, can you connect me with other nonprofits, you know, and so she did that. So That's great. I think sort of not totally purposely, yeah. purposefully, but it's happening. Yeah. You know? I feel like this is the thread in my interviews lately is just this idea that not being afraid to ask for help, not being afraid to try something. I was just interviewing some Columbia students today and they were just like, try, just give it a shot. (laughs) Wow. And I think also asking people for help in this town, we've talked, I've talked about this before. People rarely give you a hard no. I mean, it's really not a a rejection type of place. People are just like, check with me later or I can hook you up with somebody who will do it. So that's great. Um, I always ask people, what are your favorite places in South Orange or Maplewood that you like to go to eat or hang out or you would recommend? I think I have been living at Village Coffee (laughs) because, I don't know, it just, every meeting I have is there. So I have to give a shout out to Village Coffee. Um, There are tables and the food is good. They're three for three now. Yes, I mean, honestly, that's my go-to for a meeting. Um... Let's see, where I just have not been out much else <laughs> other than to go to meetings. Um, I would say that's my very, very short list for now. Um, there's hundreds of places. I mean, we're always at Roman Gourmet. You know, yes, there's every place in South Orange and Maplewood is fabulous. Totally I'm actually amazing. upset that I have not been to Jackie and Son yet because everyone tells me that that place is great too. Yeah, gotta go. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, gotta go. <laughs> I mean, the thing I love about it is that uh, it's just a new menu. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's so many different places. Like Falafel Yours is another one of my yeah. favorite places because I just like variety. Pizza, yeah. you know, falafel. Oh, and, and cornbread I have not gone to, and I saw you were there. I need to get great. there as well. I yeah. mean, this is the thing about doing a podcast is that now I want to try more and more places because yeah. I want to be able to say, hey, try this place. Yeah. Go here. <laughs> and there's pretty much no place I would not say that about in our two towns. Um, what are you doing for the summer to relax? How do you uh, Oh, my God. <laughs> That's comical. Um, (laughs) That's a good question. Well, we are going to Greece in August. Yeah, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Until that moment I step on the plane, I think it's probably not much relaxing. Just because, you know, I mean, I'm creating this myself to the work. So I could slow down, but it's so exciting. And there's interest in the green beans. So I feel like we're kind of full speed ahead until 
at least until vacation. Yeah. And then we're going to pick it back up in the fall. So. And once you get on that sort of trajectory of creating and producing and going, it's a little, I can, I can feel ya. Yeah. And it's stop. fun. It's fun. I mean, my kids are kind of like, what, mom? Like, <laughs> <laughs> where are you going now? But, you know, they, they get it and they're coming along for some of it, you yeah. know, so it's, it's exciting. Sometimes I think about the future and what my kids are going to say about me down the line. Yeah. About who I was at this time in their lives and their childhood. And sometimes I come up with some pretty good things lately. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm out there, you know, talking to really cool people. They know that I have a podcast, you know. So, um, what, do your, what do you think your kids might say about you down the line? Well... They will tell you in the immediate <laughs> time frame that I spend way too much time on my laptop. Um, I think they get it. You know, they're older-ish. My oldest is 16. Yeah. My middle is 13 now. And I have a nine-year-old. And I think, you know, they're just such a great, they're just such a great generation. I feel like they get giving back. Yeah. They understand, you know, that their life might not be like everyone else's life. And I feel like they, they do get it. I mean, are they willingly helping me move boxes of food every weekend? No, not necessarily. <laughs> but I think they do appreciate that that I'm a part of it and, by extension, that they're a part of it, too. That's really great. Yeah. Robin, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Thank you. I'm so glad we got to talk. And I'm definitely going to have to put some of these clips up before the podcast airs. I, so that <laughs> I might know. have made it time-sensitive. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. But there will be plenty of opportunities all summer. Yeah. and. You can find them in the show notes, guys. I'm going to put all the information up there, and there might be a Sip and Soma live. Ooh, maybe from a green, green bean. bean. Yes, we can I do have that. have to do a little video. I'm yes. all into the videos now. Yes, and Facebook is kind of our home real. I mean, our website is newly updated, thanks to Four Elbows and South Orange. Um, and Facebook is kind of where we live. We're, we're, we're dabbling in Instagram. We're getting better. So I would say between those three things, you know, we'll post some Sign of Genius stuff and all kinds of opportunities. Okay, guys, I'll look for the links in the show notes. And thank you again, Robin. Thank you. Hi again. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Robin. And I just wanted to let you know about a really cool event happening this Saturday. There's going to be a Bike for the Bean event. That is on Saturday the 21st from 12.30 to 1.30 at Cycle Bar in Livingston. And you can check it out. It's listed on the Facebook page Mend New Jersey. It's also listed on the Feed So Many Facebook page. So definitely check it out and see if you can go make it and raise some money and raise some awareness for hunger. So another event that's coming up is actually tomorrow night, July 20th. Autumn Jones is going to be performing at Cornbread. And that's from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. And if you didn't see her at Maple Woodstock, she is just phenomenal. Uh, she dropped her new album, Bloom. It's everywhere you can find uh, music. It's definitely on iTunes and I think Spotify and all that good stuff. And her music is just intense and beautiful and I think that you'll love it so check it out at Cornbread and Maplewood on Springfield Avenue 7 to 10 p.m. tomorrow night and just so you guys know Cornbread on Springfield Avenue has an amazing open mic night every other Thursday so there's one tonight the night we're dropping this so 
probably not going to go to that one if you have, if you're listening right now. But the next one is on August second, and the LMNOP band is playing. They are just they rock it and they back everybody who comes up and performs. But people perform doing all different things. So please check out Cornbread on Facebook, and I'll put them in the show notes as well, so you can see the link and check out the next open mic night which is August 2nd. Also coming up this weekend, I don't know if you guys have been to the Merc, otherwise known as Maplewood Mercantile. It's over on Donnell Road next to the train station. Not only do they have like the coolest vintage, awesome furniture and clothing, but they also have all these cool events. And one of the events that's coming up is for coffee lovers. They're having a coffee cupping this Sunday, July 22nd from 10 to 11 a.m. And Rabble and Lion are going to um, host a formal tasting of their finest single origin brews. So there's tickets that are available. Check out Maplewood Mercantile for more information on their Facebook page. And it sounds like something, if you really enjoy coffee tasting and you really enjoy learning about coffee, this sounds like an event that might be for you. Lastly, I just wanted to let you know about one more event that's coming up that I'm super excited about. It's the Automatic 80s Dance Party, hosted by Maplewood Artists Collective. It's on July 28th, and it's a Saturday from 8 to 11. And I want to let you know that I'm making sure that I buy my ticket before I even say this, because it is the hottest ticket in town, and if you've never been to an 80s dance party... You don't even know what you're missing, but these parties are so awesome, fun. You really get to dress up if you want to, I always do, and just get out your inner 80s, sing along, dance along, and have the best time. It's always like a girls' night out, couples' night out, fun night out. I hope that I get to see you there. Um, Definitely check it out. Maplewood Artist Collective is on Facebook, and you can... Check out the event there, and you can click a link to buy tickets. So those are some of the events that are coming up that I'm really excited about. You can check them out on my website. I'm definitely going to put links up there. And I hope that you enjoyed the show. Please remember to follow me on Facebook, Sip in Soma. You can follow me on Instagram, at Sip in Soma. And you can check out the website, www.sipinsoma.com. And I hope that you're listening and that you're subscribing and sending reviews. I've gotten some great feedback. I've also been told um, some great, helpful, critical information that I need to make my podcast better. And that's what I want to hear. I want to hear the glows and the grows. So don't be afraid to send me that information. I also love hearing suggestions. I would love to hear any people that you think that I should interview or places that you think I need to go. And I will definitely try as much as I can to include it in my website or on my podcast. Thank y'all so much for being a part of Sip and Soma and I'm out.